Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the spin-off... Co- fucking help. <laughs> Let's try that again. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly spin-off podcast where my dad and I try and keep you folks sane during the COVID lockdown. I'm Paul Verhoeven, that's John Verhoeven, and Dad, tell us a little bit about your day, if you'd be so kind. Paul? Mm. God, fuck, I've had a full-on day. Okay. I've just been in court. Yep. Um, oh, wait, hang on. You, you didn't do anything wrong, did you? No, no, no. I um, I purchased a painting yep. a year and a half ago. Okay. And it turns out that it was stolen, allegedly. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, continue. I paid $3,000 for it. Oh, okay. And then I um, put it into a very reputable auction house. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited and thrilled that I was going to make some money. It's the objective. If you're an art thief, the objective is to actually, you know, pull off a caper. You didn't pull off a caper, did you? You just bought a stolen painting. You didn't steal it. How would you pull off a caper? Capers are tiny little green berries. It's a decent joke. Remind me, one of our listeners gave me a dad joke to tell you later on. Please oh, don't let me forget. Okay, continue. Great. So I, I put it into auction. Yeah. And it sold Yeah. for about $1,000 less than what I'd pay for it, paid for it. Okay, okay. So I was already a thousand down. And then you have a thirty day period where you wait for all the funds to go through the auction house and then I get paid thirty days later. Sure. And I was just about to get paid my money. Yeah. Less less a thousand dollars or you know, from what I'd originally paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from the the auction house telling me that they believed that painting uh, had been stolen. So did they not think to check it when you first submitted it? Or is the onus on you at that no, point? No, the onus is on me okay, because yeah, I'm okay. a very honourable vendor. I've put through um, millions so, of dollars worth of stuff through auction houses over the years. What did years. you say? Millions of dollars. No, before that. Vendor? I'm, a, I'm, I'm the vendor. The vendor. Do you mean... You, you, it sounds, that sounds like an elvish name. It's vendor. Didn't vendor. I... <laughs> Paul, please am... don't. Look. Isn't Vendor, you... isn't, isn't Vendor the chief retainer to Galadriel? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Paul. Don't lie, you're a Lord of the Rings fan through and through. Three episodes ago, I've you lambasted heard... me for not for not liking The Hobbit enough. Yeah, that's fair call, but... Um, the Vendor... Ven, ven, the Vendor... <laughs> well, it's not... Anyway, 
Uh, yes, I'm the vendor, so the responsibility, but the, the onus is on me to present a product to the auction house that is real. And um, yeah. So it was pretty intense. I then approached the person that I'd bought the painting off, who's a very honourable person. And, sure, but uh, did, did, they didn't have a grappling hook on them, did they? They Did they know they'd stolen you, uh, given you something stolen? I'm not prepared to go into all the details because... It's an ongoing court case. It's an ongoing case that hopefully will finish in another half hour or so. Okay. But we can we can elaborate later on once we have a result. But yeah. what I would like to say is that um, I've spent a lot of today um, at a very big court complex in Sydney. Yes. It brought back memories of when I was in the police force. Interesting. There are so many courts there. It's at the Downing Street Centre. People can Google it, see how many courts. But they've got multiple courts and many floors. What are the courts? Is it like high court, low court, carpet oh, this is court? The, um, this is the, low, the, the lowest court. Uh, okay. Where things are minor, minor, relatively minor matters can be dealt with, um, and then you've got, um, for example, it's a magistrate, um, yeah. it's not a judge, and there's no jury. But the rules of evidence are very, very particular, mm. and I had to take an oath when I stood in the in the witness box. A member of the court staff comes up and she said to me, "Do you believe in God? And if you believe in God." You then they'll they'll have a certain oath. If you, you swear in a Bible, right? You, you you don't swear in a Bible anymore. You just look at the magistrate. Mm-hmm. Now the magistrate is always higher than everyone else in the court physically, mm. as as a matter of um, respect. And I mean they they are generally um, well 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 learned men and women. And this particular guy, he had a good yeah he had he had a good um, a good vibe and. Uh, I was in the witness box for about half an hour. Okay. Um, and I was cross-examined by uh, the defence. Yep. And the defence, he is the guy that uh, the police have charged with obtaining this particular painting, allegedly. And then I'm sort of a victim because lots of people get sort of involved in these cases. And I must admit, and I'm putting it out there to all the listeners, that I thoroughly enjoyed being cross-examined and I thought to myself because I have I've had a lot of practice over the last few years of of doing live shows and talking on a mic so that's Mm -hmm. not because there's this thing called mic fright have you ever heard that term isn't he a drag queen it's called mic fright um where you're scared of a microphone and I know that when I first started doing these podcasts I, I was nervy and I'm sure if we go back and listen to some of the very early episodes, that yes, may, you, you may... do. You sound different. You sound yeah. demonstrably different. But, but I'm I'm so at home, and I felt very comfortable in the witness box. And I was thinking afterwards, um, I wasn't nervous at all. I hadn't, there was no stress. I felt very comfortable in a court environment, an environment that I know very very well. Mm. But I wish that I could have had that sense of um, of. What's the right word? Sort of confidence, I guess. Right. I remember when I was a young policeman, um, and the listeners may well know that I almost sort of deified the homicide detectives. You did, yes. That's kind of the whole arc of the second book, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But these homicide detectives and any senior detective or, or really, really amazingly skillful detective, mm. listening to them give evidence in the courts, is it, it's, it's good. Uh, because they're professional. But then I was in the witness box and I was talking about this particular artist and how I had established that this artist, uh, this painting was real. Yep. And they asked a lot of really good technical questions about the frame 
And I really got to use all of my knowledge um, based on my almost 40 years experience as an antique dealer in value of fine art. Mm-hmm. And both sides, the police and the, the defence, they all knew that I'd been in the police force. Right. You know, not one of my answers, of which there were many, many answers, was ever questioned. I was allowed to, to speak from the heart, but factually. Yep. And I answered single word answers as often as I could, but occasionally I would um, get to elaborate. And I was, oh, God, I felt good. Now, I don't know the result, but I'll let all the listeners know, hopefully, uh, perhaps next week. Just I'll be able to talk a little bit more about the intricacies of the case. Mm. And then, Paul... Well, I was going to ask if you had a chance. I know you, Dad. You don't miss an opportunity. Be honest. At any point during the court case, did you plug the book or the podcast? Every single person involved in today's case... Witnesses for the prosecution and the defence, yeah. all, everyone, bar the magistrate, and that's sure. a bit of a, I'll, I'll put a question mark over that particular point, <laughs> okay. every single person is more than aware yes. of the podcast yes. and, the, uh, and the book, and I showed everyone the new book, photos. <sighs> Wonderful. And I, I'd also like to say to the, to the listeners that, you know, I know we do that bit of a, the ad where, you know, I go on about read the book and buy the book and but I finished the book I finished it and I was enthralled I found it riveting and I finished it in two days holy which shit. is a world record you're not a me. reader that's that's amazing I'm not a reader mm. I couldn't put it down and very very difficult for me emotionally to talk about the book without giving anything away so mm. I'm not going to talk about it suffice to say that it's um it's a good read and uh, also, Paul, uh, we spoke about the funeral that I um, conducted with Toes Down, the, That's right. uh, the motorcycle yes. police officer, yep. and some very astute, very uh, dogged, minor investigation was carried out by one of our listeners, mm-hmm. and he presented me with some facts that were irrefutable. Now, before I talk about that particular case, the funeral with Toes Down, mm. you know... I realised I had a minor epiphany, and this might sound a bit strange, but I was in the witness box today. The The crux of the entire case and the whole thing about giving evidence is that you have to tell the truth. Yes. Otherwise, it's perjury. Mm. And I feel very comfortable telling the truth. And then when this particular listener wrote in with some really good facts, the facts that he presented in relation to Toes Down were incontrovertible and they proved beyond a reasonable doubt, get ready listeners, that I'd made a mistake. It wasn't toes down. It was not his funeral. Um, It was another police officer and believe it or not, I can't remember, but he was obviously... um, Well known. Well known uh, because it was a police funeral. I'm not going to... So I just want everyone to know that that I did make a mistake um, I don't know how I did it, but I also, I'm not justifying the reasons I made the mistake, but I think it's um, to my defence, in my defence, I would like to say before we move on that that podcast, that whole story took place at the same time as my dad's funeral. Mm. So I think I became a bit discombobulated. So the facts are, um, as presented, that... Um, that guy that wrote in, and I, I think it's great that you did it, and good on you, and uh, 
just wanted to clarify that um, I'd made a mistake in relation to, uh, you know, it was a police funeral, but not toes down. That's which is really uh, important. In fact, in fact, yeah. I wasn't even working at Kinsella Funeral Homes when toes down passed away. But you know, it's thirty years. I'm not making excuses, but no, 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 no. I mean, know, look, I, I did make a mistake. Yeah, no, that's 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 very big of you to say that. I mean, you know, sometimes the, you know, sometimes. Things get a bit woolly, and that's yeah. And I really, totally I've just thought I've I've been racking my brain as to who the police officer was, and I've and I've because I was so upset when Tegan sent through that particular guy's, um, you know, researched um, sort of the facts that he dug up, mm-hmm. um, and I was so it really it got to me because I just can't stand the thought of ever putting anything out there that's not accurate, um, as the listeners know. Mm. I think it's probably only the second time that I've corrected myself in relation to facts. Look, there's um, been a few points where, you know, things have gotten a bit lost or a bit jumbled, yeah. but I, I don't think anyone minds. I have some amazing questions, Dad, from our Great. listeners. Um, so I'm going to jump straight in. Question one. When you go to pick up ashes from the morgue, are they just the ashes of your loved one or can traces of other bodies get mixed in too? Fantastic question. Now, this question comes from a guy in Western Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, his name is George. And George, this is for you. So, hang on. George. Was that noise for? Was that noise for George? The train noise? Isn't that That's weird? Nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone loves a choo-choo train. You heard it. I did hear it. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, I just need a bit of levity. Well, sure, is it I- levity or brevity? If you, Dad, if you want some levity, I actually have a joke from one of our listeners Hit me uh, for you. I'm going to do it. Here we go. This is from Heath Johnson. Okay. Now, we met Heath uh, at a cafe before one of our big recording sessions in Collingwood, and he came along and we had a chat, and he was amazing. And uh, he sent me a dad joke to read to you. Okay. I find the whole premise of oh, dad joke. Dad, me, I mean, me it, too. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous because the pun is, an, is a work of art. And let's all, let's all bow down. Here we go, Dad. This is from Heath. Did you hear the one about the ancient Egyptian Obama that had a second job as a sex worker? Uh, no, I didn't. She was known to suck off a guy or two. <laughs> That's excellent. I hope my mum doesn't understand that joke. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Speaking about my mum. Okay. My mother contacted me some weeks ago and said, is there any way you can get the two of you, yeah. John and Paul, yeah. can you please speak a little slower? Did you hear this story? No, I didn't. And I just said, mum... You're the only person in Australia that has actually said that we speak too quickly. I don't hate and that was, she has it. I don't hate that take though, because no, we, no, I mean, no. But Paul, mm, she, yeah, was convinced that we were talking at almost twice the speed. Oh no! And no, I ignored no. Mum. Wait, and then no. finally I went to her house and I looked at her setup on her podcast, and there are speeds. Did you know that? Yes. And she was playing it at twice the speed. I could hardly, and poor, poor mum for some months had been becoming more and more infuriated, thinking that, I mean, and then I, and it's, it's, I didn't know about that particular uh, function, but then How just the for fuck fun. How the are you meant to process our voices at double speed? Isn't honestly? it sweet? So she was I- right. Oh my God, but you can slow it... them down to half speed. Well, I was about to suggest that as a solution to the problem. You yeah. see, um, I have I know a guy on Twitter who thinks that um, podcast uh, and information is inefficient. He's like, it's, I think it's sociopathic behavior. He thinks it's inefficient to listen to things at regular speed. So he just double speeds everything just to get through it quicker. Well, that, which, that's that's weird. Which but, means, um, yep. you know, sorry, you... no. But anyway, look back to George's question. Cremation, um, yes, the cremation. Yes. Now, I don't think. Now, now, dear, dear listeners, I'm speaking from a time when I was involved in the funeral industry. Now, things may have changed. However, I don't think the dear listeners, which includes me as a recipient of my father's ashes, I'm going to put it out there and say I don't think the listeners are going to be overly happy with the answer. How's that sound? Okay. Because what happens is the coffin with the body inside, they go into... Now, this is not the episode when we're going to be talking about that whole process. Mm-hmm. Suffice to say that these ovens, they crank them up to around about seventeen to 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit, which is bloody hot. And they're, they're, they're gas ovens. And the, the coffin, uh, it ignites... Mm-hmm. And eventually, because the body's made up of uh, mainly liquid, yeah, everything just uh, vaporizes, and then the bones 
they and I've actually seen this where the the, the rib cage. I was actually looking inside one of the um, sort of we'll call it a small furnace, and I was actually watching at that point when the coffin literally collapsed onto the body, and then the rib cage held the, the top wood of the wood up for a little while. Gross. And then eventually, it all just it just sort of fell in on itself. When they turn the oven off and things cool down, mm. they reach in with what I would describe as a kind of a device that is not dissimilar to something used in a pizza oven. Now, I was about to suggest that as a joke, and then I said, no, don't say that. That would be offensive. Mm. So, you're saying it's an actual scoop. It's a scoop. But the pizza device is flat, so it gets underneath the pizza, yep. and then... They remove it. But imagine at the end of the pizza, sort of flat metal, um, what can we call it? Sort of a thing? Sheet of metal. Imagine mm. the last two inches of it, we bent it down yeah, okay. to create and then squared it off. So yeah. you'd kind of reach in, you'd go right to the back of the oven, and then you would start pulling through towards the front. Mm. And then you'd gather up all the ashes. Now, actually, I've, I've just made a little mistake there, everyone. They're actually not ashes. There, there is ash in it, but primarily it's a bit of a, a misnomer. Yeah. They're actually just bones. Isn't misnomer a drag queen as well? Not sure. Sorry, can, continue. And then all these bones are put into a container. They're then put into a machine uh, with ball bearings. This is yeah. how I recall the uh, the event. And they're pulverized yeah. down to a uh, not a super fine grain, but... Something akin to, dare I say it, but I'm going to say it, kitty litter. That sounds so bad, doesn't it? Now, then they do the next cremation and the next and the next and the next. And they do them continually. Now, My strong gut feeling, and I, and I, and I would like to be proved, proved wrong, but I don't... It's, it's something that's a great question, George, because... And it's going to creep people out. Um, I do not want to be pilloried for what I'm saying, but I just can't see how you don't get some of the ashes from the people before. Okay. I just can't see it because unless they actually surgically cleaned the oven or pulled out like a liner yeah. every time. Oh, like a coffee I mean, filter. Like a yeah. filter. It's yeah. just, it's a no-brainer. And it's it's a bit, I'm kind of a little bit sad that I answered the question, but you know, George has been asking me for about eight weeks to answer that question. Yeah. So f- finally, George, I've done it. Now, as I said, um, but I mean, is it a great concern? Is there going to be a, like a major court case over this? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, the, the principle is that you get, you definitely get the majority, more than, dare I say it, 99.9, maybe even 99%. That percentage is actually helpful for me because I don't, you know, it's it, it's like if you buy something and it says may contain traces of nuts because in the in the factory where they put the chocolate in, they may have had some, you know, mm. it, it mm. just might get in there. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want people to be feeling a little bit uncomfortable by the yeah. answer. Yeah. But as I stress, part of our mantra within yeah. the whole realm of this podcast process is to be as factual as possible. Yeah. And that's all I've got to say about that. That's great. You just quoted Forrest Gump. Here we go. I've got another question here. This is from Adam. Okay, this is for this is from Adam. 
Hi, John and Paul. Obligatory massive ups on the series so far. I'm a couple of episodes behind, so forgive me if this sort of stuff has already been covered. But I have a couple of questions that I thought you might be interested in. Dad, by the way, now I'm super self-conscious that I'm speaking too fast, even though I know that Grandma was having phone problems. So I'm just going to speak as normal. Cool, cool. Okay. Here's Adam's first point. One, bit of background. I've never been a viewer. I've always declined because I didn't want my last image of someone to be of them as a corpse. However, my mum recently passed quite suddenly, 79 PE four weeks after hip replacement. And since I was the one who found her... I asked for a viewing. It was only going to be for me because I figured the in-coffin corpse image would be better than the one I had. That said, it wasn't horrific, but definitely improvable. The funeral was scheduled for a fortnight after she passed, which I was told would be no problem. I think it was after a week, I got a call from the funeral director saying the mortuary people were stressing out about the viewing because she was too far gone and could we ditch the viewing. I can't exactly remember the conversation, but there was issues with odor and color. My question is, A... My hat goes off to the FD who had to ask me that question because I can't imagine a harder fucking question to ask anybody. Did you ever have to do anything like that? And B, do you have any insights into the decomposition factors? E.g., they mentioned medications playing a role. Mm, The first one was about uh, did you ever have to do anything like that? I mean, there are bodies that are just beyond recognition where you can't have a viewing. Mm. And the family might say, we want to see mum. But the embalmers and the people that you know, make things look look better than possibly they were. Mm. Um, look, it depends what happens if the person's um, emaciated. What happens if they died of cancer? Mm. What happens if, um, you know, oh God, look, there are just so many factors. But they're not they're not they're not magicians. You know, they they do their best. But I, I also feel there is a responsibility on the embalmer to make the call and to say to the funeral director, and then the funeral director has the shitty job of talking to the family, mm. but I think the funeral directors, they're not embalmers. They they rely, they, they bring these people in. They're contract workers. Are they really? Oh, no, they're, uh, they're freelance. Hang I mean, on, hang on, hang on. So I'm freelance. Are you saying that they send in invoices for embalming? Oh, most definitely. I mean, very few. I mean, imagine if you've got a, um, pick a, pick a country town. Let's, let, let's pick Mafra. I don't know whether anyone's ever heard of Mafra, but it's a little t- town in, in regional Victoria. Yeah. Now, if somebody passes away, I don't know whether Mafra has a funeral home, but mm. they may or may not. But within a, a certain radius, there will be a, a, a larger town that does have a funeral um, director, but they might only get maybe one or two, maybe three funerals a week. Okay. If they're lucky. Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. Fuck. Lucky, to use the word luck, is, is not cool. But from their perspective, it, it helps them, uh, you know, earn an income mm-hmm. and then they can then put that money back into the community. But if a family in a small country town requires a viewing or wants a viewing, now there are certain reasons or, or many reasons to have a viewing and there are many reasons not to have a viewing. They don't, they're not big enough to employ a full-time embalmer. It's unlikely that the embalmer, um, they'd bring someone in that has yeah. that expertise. Yeah. So, yeah, they're contract workers, most of them. Okay. okay. And what was the second part? The second part was, the second part was, do you have any insights into the decomposition factors, e.g. they mentioned medications playing a role? I'm not overly familiar with that. Um, but I do know, and I will say this to the listeners, that a friend of mine was involved, he worked for the United Nations and he was involved in body identification. Mm-hmm. 
He's a blood work specialist, yes. and he went up to Asia during the uh, the terrible tsunami. And because of the the heat and the humidity and and the fact that it was the the incredible tsunami with the water and the devastation, um, and this is going to sound bloody terrible, but needs to be put out there, and that is that in certain terrible, hot, humid conditions, within a very, very short period of time, you cannot identify your loved ones. Isn't that incredible? Mm. Like, to think that when I look at you, when I look at Christine, when I look at family and friends, we we all look different, but we all look... Clearly, we're very identifiable, but in terrible conditions, heat, moisture, humidity, sun like intense environments, mainly in the tropics, yeah. you begin to go into advanced decomposition very, very quickly. And then after a very short period of time, you cannot differentiate between the bodies. They all look pretty terrible. Yeah. Conversely, they have found bodies in the snow that have been there for 100 years. I've seen those. Yes, and they and look, bodies, and bodies in the peat bogs. That yes, have been and they look bloody preserved. great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they came to a dinner party, it, it would be slightly creepy having a peat bog man sitting at the other end of the table because mm. they are kind of slimy. It's actually they Pete, still... Dad, it's actually Pete Bogman. Pete Bogman. Yeah. That sounds like a Pierce Brosnan type of... <laughs> <laughs> the latest James Bond film. With Pete Bogman. Their name's Bogman. Pete Bogman. <laughs> That seems like a really odd point to finish the episode, but I think we're going to have to, Dad. Um, have you enjoyed yourself this fine week? I have really enjoyed myself. God, look, yeah, it's been the, the court thing today was um, was intense, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it uh, from from a personal perspective. I, yeah, I, I found it really, really, uh, really, really comforting and satisfying, oh, and it was like sorry, getting God, back- get, sorry, Tegan just came in with a cookie, and I tried to surreptitiously eat it on the mic without alerting you, but I just realized I literally just drooled onto the microphone while you were talking. Are you recording, Paul? Yeah, I'm the recording. Viewers this will is, be highly offended. This is going in. I mean, Tegan's an excellent, excellent baker. Thank you, Tegan. That's all right. She just did, wrote sorry on a piece of paper upside down and handed it to me. Did Tegan use the magnificent, um, did Tegan use that magnificent clean made device that we gave her? Yeah. One of those, um, Oh, there's nothing worse than the sound of people eating on mic. I gotta go, Dad. We gotta wrap this up. This is right, disgusting. Right. People okay. with ASMR stuff are gonna be throwing up onto their phones right now. All right. Mm. I love anyway, you. Anyway, um, love you, mate, and look forward to uh, to Tuesday morning's episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so good. Everyone, please find some cookies and be good to each other. We'll see you soon. Bye. All the best. Bye bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.